The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good evening, Hoop All Nation. We're back. We are back with another show. The season's getting ready to get started. And not a, not a better time for us to get into um, what we're going to start seeing. With the preseason coming up, I figured we should bring on a special guest. And with special guests, we always want to make sure that we roll out the red carpet for them because it's much needed. Not sure how many of you guys out in Hootball Mavs Nation know about the guy I'm going to speak about, but much of Mavs Nation knows about the guy I'm speaking about. A guy by the name of Josh Bow, editor and writer over at Mavs Moneyball. We were able to get him to come on and share some of his Mavericks knowledge with us, talk about this upcoming season. Josh, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really grateful and appreciative and i always love uh talking to new people especially about the mavericks it's great to meet you and, and be on your show absolutely absolutely it's a pl- it's a pleasure and an honor um before we get into the season um give us a little bit of background on mavs moneyball i mean you guys have been around for a bit you guys have a terrific following um when did you guys start or did you come on later and later after the train was already rolling give us a little overview of, of mavs moneyball and how that's um, how that came about. Yeah. Um, I came on after the site had already been established. I actually don't know when it officially started, mm-hmm. uh, but I joined summer of 2011. So I joined like a month or two after the championship, the Mavericks championship. Uh, and the site had already been established as an SB nation uh, Maverick site. So Mavs Moneyball, if you're not aware, it's we're, a Maverick site within SB Nation, SB Nation, a sports blogging network that has team sites for just about every single sports team and college team you can think of uh, for every sport, every league. Uh, So I've been a part of the site since 2011. I started as just a a normal writer. uh, And man, it's been, holy cow, it's been nine years now, I guess. And it's been a long time. Uh, It's always been a kind of a side thing for me uh, in terms of, uh, you know, it's obvious it's not my full-time job, but, uh, the, I think the thing about our site that if you visit it or people will read it, what we try really hard to do with the site is we don't want to give the impression that it's not like a full, you know, that's not a side thing that it is like a full-time gig. Uh, I have experience. I went to college and first couple of years out of college doing full-time reporting, um, and we've got some other people on the site that have reporting, like uh, bona fide reporting experience. So mm-hmm. uh, ever since I joined and ever since I got more of a leadership role, uh, we've been really trying to make the site seem like legit. Like, yeah, it is a fan site. We have fun and we do some fun stuff on it. But we also want it to be uh, like a legitimate place for Mavericks uh, news analysis, reporting and writing and stuff like that. So that's kind of been our creed uh since I've been on the site now and it's, it's been a pretty good run and uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. 
Yeah, um, everything you just said, 100%. I love it. Even if you, you know, it's regarded as a fan site, that's the thing that's making it, that makes it so attractive is that you guys are fact based in, in much of everything you do. You're lighthearted, you give your opinion, but you also back it up with facts and analysis. Um, and you guys give a well rounded viewpoint of the team. It's not just, you know, so much pro Mavs. You guys have questions and concerns about roster. Um, what's going on in season rotations you name it you guys are covering it and that's one of the one of the great things about you all and one of the things that attracted me to you and definitely makes uh mavs moneyball a great follow on top of yourself you are also a great follow so again <laughs> it's a pleasure having you on everyone out there please um follow at mavs moneyball that's m-a-v-s Moneyball, literally Mavs Moneyball. And we also have Josh, who you should also follow. He's at Bowman55. That's B-O-W-E-M-A-N-5-5. Both of those elite follows. You should be on it because we are. Um, okay, so season starts on Saturday. Doesn't necessarily start officially for regular season, but we definitely have the preseason starting against the Bucks. But before we get too far that way, in terms of the season outlook, what's your season outlook for the Mavericks? What do you expect from them this season? Um, what do you expect? What are you? What are you watching for? I, I expect them to be really, really good uh, as long as health uh, permitting. Uh, you know, that's probably going to be the biggest wild card this season with COVID nineteen and the short condensed schedule. You know, injuries and positive tests could really derail uh, a team considering how long a player will be out. But if we're on equal footing, you know, just looking at the Mavs roster on paper and what I think it could be, I'm really excited about the outlook for this team. I think they have a chance to get home court in the West, be a top four seed. Uh, they were, I know they were a seventh seed last season, but they played uh, better. You know, they, they actually didn't win as many games as they should considering how well they played because of their really poor record in close games. Um, but they had a really good season last year that I think, you know, with the injuries to Luca and Kristaps and their struggles in close game situations, I think kind of hid that a little bit. They weren't just a normal, they weren't your average uh, seventh playoff seed, uh, so to speak. So considering that, considering we're getting year three Luca, we're getting eventually Kristaps Porzingis coming back from his, uh, his meniscus surgery. Uh, and he should be, once he's back, you know, he'll be back in the fold and, and it, you know, he, he really came on before he got hurt, so he's not learning a new system. He should be more comfortable. Uh, considering that and considering all the roster uh, they made and the improvements that attacked their weaknesses, they are they went from last season being a team that I felt was really weak on the wing, which is like feels like the most important position in the NBA right now, to now they are like overflowing in wings with Josh Richardson, uh, with you know Dorian Finney-Smith coming back. Uh, with James Johnson, with their, the rookies they drafted, Josh Green, Tyler Bay, uh, even Wesa Wundu, who I think is under-the-radar signing that could help help them a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I just really love the potential and versatility of this team, and uh, as long as they can stay on the court, I think it's going to be a fantastic season. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think some of the – that's the first thing that stuck out to me is – even though I was really wishing for them to draft Desmond Bain or either um, or either my guy from Villanova that I was really uh, Sadiq Bay, that's who I was hoping that they would take. But I understood them going with Josh Green, and then the rest of their uh, draft ended up panning out really well. 
they you know their their entire offseason you can tell was intentional and it was like you said to to get more depth on the wing to solidify more of a defensive presence on on the court because we know we couldn't go into this season having a guy like Maxi Kleber chasing around Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter or having Luca having to you know have such a heavy offensive load and then having to turn around on the defensive end and chase around point guards on a nightly basis so having you know, Swiss Army knife type guys, but also just guys who are just um, have a, def- a common de- defensive presence. That's going to pay big dividends. And I think some of those games, you know, that bumped them down to the seventh seed, which ultimately I think they had trouble closing games because because on the defensive end, they just couldn't get stops and they couldn't hold a lead. So I definitely uh, feel like them establishing more defense on the roster should should benefit well. But one question I want to ask you with all the defense, all the defense that they brought in, do you think it hampers the offense? Do you feel like, um, you know, they'll take a, a step back offensively? I mean, I guess they in theory, they will, because they literally had the, the <laughs> highest rated offense of all time last year. So you can there's no going up from there. <laughs> but do you think that, you know, this kind of jeopardizes their, you know, kind of their their strength or their superpower, which was being a juggernaut on offense? I think, you know, that is the question, I think. And I think that they will be okay. Because uh, like you said, they were the best offense ever last year. So even even if they're like, even if they drop down a bit and like they're the, you know, does that mean that they're the fifth best offense this season? Like, you know, it, even if they do take a step back, it, you can only imagine it can only be so much of a step back when you have a player like Luca. So, uh, and I'm also, I'm pretty uh, smitten on Josh Richardson's game on the offensive end. I think he has a lot to offer that got uh, obscured in Philadelphia because that situation was a little messy. Uh, they were a very cramped team. Uh, they, with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and you know they just didn't have a lot of shooting. And he was he was basically relied on to be one of you know the best shooter uh, in a lot of lineups. And I don't know if that's his his uh, most optimal use. So being able to be in the starting lineup, I assume you know next to Tim Hardaway Jr., he's not going to be required to be you know the lights out best shooter, but he could still be a quality shooter, above average shooter. Uh, he showed before he got to Philly and Miami that he has some playmaking chops. I think he averages you know a little over four assists a game, which is great. Uh, you know he watching his game and breaking down some of his film that I watched uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks, he seems really comfortable. Uh, handling the ball and scoring in the mid-range. And that kind of seems like a counterproductive because the NBA is all about three-pointers and shots at the rim and free throws and mid-range is the inefficient shot. But, you know, in those close game situations, you know, in addition to the Mavericks not being able to get the stops they needed, their offense really dried up because their offense was basically four guys standing around watching Luka dribble and Luka would have to take like a bailout three because the other guys on the floor were just not equipped to get their own shot off uh, unless it was Kristaps and even Kristaps, you know, struggled in some isolation and post-up situations last season. So Richardson's very comfortable taking the ball and a pick and roll and pulling up from 18 feet and getting a, you know, getting a quality look for him. He shoots those shots very well uh, as well as someone can uh, as efficient as someone can for those kind of shots. So mm-hmm. I think Richardson's going to diversify the Maverick scoring a little bit, which should make them a little bit harder to guard in those close situations because in playoff situations where good defenses are going to want to take away what you want to do. So you got to have a counter. And I think Richardson can be a, a pretty good counter to that. 
uh, and then, you know, expected improvements from Luca, and you got year two Kristaps, and as long as he can get back on the court, I feel really uh, strong about uh, his game, and thinking about, you know, from the end of January to the end of the season, he was lights out, all-star level uh, quality, and if they can get that from him for a whole season, because they kind of had to work his way into it because he was coming off that injury. He hadn't played basketball a long time. He's on a new team. There was a lot going on for him last year. So if, if he, when he gets back on the court, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a lot more comfortable. And I think he can help make up for uh, some of the offense they lost with Seth Curry going out and bringing in all these defenders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Seth Curry was, I was a big fan of him. And for Rick Carlisle is a wizard at finding ways to utilize the bench and finding ways to utilize the complementary pieces around stars. And I felt like Seth Curry was a little underutilized last year. I felt like he could have assumed a little more responsibility on the ball offensively. He just wasn't given opportunity much. But um, but again, you know, you have to you have to take the good with the bad or more. So, you know, you can't have everything you want. So if you want a little more defense, I think if Rick Carlisle allows it, I think people will be really surprised at Josh Richardson's playmaking ability because they do need a secondary ball handler and another guy that can just create off- offense for them down the stretch because asking Luca to do it all is just – you know, he's young, but you just don't want a guy to start breaking down early. And I already, you know, I already hold my breath. I feel like Lucas is nicked up, even though he stays in the game. Could be dramatics, but at the same time, he's always wincing or holding something. And the more he goes to the basket, the more of a beating he's going to take. So I, I like the fact that they could potentially have another guy on the offensive end who can take some of that responsibility on the ball, but also. I would really like to see Luca close a little better from the free throw line, which is something we'll get into a little later um, in the show. But for the moment, let me say it is hoop ball promo time. This is a huge, huge week for everyone at hoop ball because all of the 2021 NBA season products are finally for sale. Stick with me here because there's a lot to go over, but we almost never push our hoop ball products. So this is the time to do it because the season is starting and we need to. And this is the window during the year. We need to power the engine. So here's what's out. The draft guide. This is our flagship, our shining beacon, the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. Our guys went 400, 400 players deep again this year. A future access pass for the Brewski 150 is also out. If you don't, if you don't know the Brewski 150, you need to know now. We've been tweeting it, retweeting it, talking about it. All of us at Hoopball, if you followed us in any capacity, you can't miss it. It's the fantasy draft list, draft list that's every other list for 10 straight years. And new for this year, Hoopball is unveiling our monthly membership plans. I'll try to keep this part as, as short as I can. We have the Fantasy Pass, which includes the Draft Guide, the Brewski 150, also the new DFS Pass, and all of our in-season premium tools. The DFS Pass is also available on its own, if that's your thing. We have the new wager pass for sports bettors who wants picks and analysis, and we have the Hoopball 360. That thing has all the stuff above, plus even earlier access to the Brewski 150. Head to hoop-ball.com or follow at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter now, right now, to learn more and get yours. 
So Josh, um, training camp thoughts. So I've been, so I've, I've read a little bit about um, Tyrell Terry's been looking impressive. And that's an interesting guy to me because of the way he can shoot the ball. Another guy who has some offensive firepower and playmaking ability to him. Is there anyone you've been hearing about in camp or, or, you know, you followed and kind of picked up on that has been looking good in camp that will maybe surprise coming into the season? Um, it's hard to say uh, with the way that the training camp's going and there's just not as much access because, you know, we can't right. we can't go to practice. It's basically Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a it's been a different experience. It feels like we're kind of instead of being able to see with our own eyes what, what you know, it's kind of we're getting it filtered in through interviews and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I've heard you know good things about Tyrell Terry. Uh, not necessarily like a new guy, but I've heard you know it seems like Dwight Powell. At least from all indications from, you know, the coaching staff and from what he's saying, he seems to be like 100% and he seems to be looking really well in training camp. And even today during uh, J.J. Barea's uh, kind of fa- farewell press conference after the Mavericks announced they're releasing him today, he someone asked him, you know, who, who's going to fill your shoes as a leader on the team? And he said Dwight Powell. Uh, so I think that goes to show kind of what – what kind of presence Powell has on the team and is having in training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another name that I heard was James Johnson. I think Trey Burke mentioned something like James Johnson is uh, he's been kind of like a no nonsense guy in training camp, kind of telling guys what, you know, they need to hear or what, you know, not telling them what they want to hear, what they need to hear and, and being a really like a veteran voice uh, on the floor so far. So uh, I think those are, you know, Tyrell Terry, James Johnson, Dwight Powell, those are kind of the names I'm hearing, you know, outside of, you know, Luke is obviously great and, right. and all that. But so those those would be my guys uh, for training camp. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about um, Powell as well, which I'm, I'm excited because he's a guy who I thought could have really starting to catch his stride towards the second half of the season. It was just a bummer that um, you know, he went out when he did. And the fact that he's healthy now after 10 months, um, you know, it, it's great to be young. <laughs> and so I'm happy to see him uh, back out there. Um, in terms of roster risers or sleepers or guys you just hope get more run, is there anybody that falls into any of those categories for you? I know you, with the limited um, availability in terms of practice and what we can see and things like that, that kind of, you know, hampers any type of um, good feel, but is there anyone that's in mind for you that might fall into those categories of a riser, sleeper, or or a guy that you hope gets more run going into the preseason and then all into the regular season? Uh, I guess, yeah, for definitely for a guy that I I hope gets a lot of run that might not is Josh Green. And not, you know, I know he's first round pick, so there's probably some expectations of, of playing time, but uh, the Mavericks are a, you know, they kind of upgraded their depth a lot. So he's a rookie. Uh, he's going from being drafted to playing NBA games starting tomorrow, like less than a month to go from NBA draft to preseason. Like that must be crazy on these rookies. Uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to get up to speed. You know, it's not really their, it's not their fault at all. Uh, and then, you know, you know, Rick likes to trust his veteran guys. So, uh, I think he's the type of guy that needs to play to to get better, and uh, I really want to see you know how he does his three point shot look in the NBA. Uh, how quickly can he uh, get uh, assimilated to playing defense at the NBA level? Because 
you know, that's the thing we usually hear about rookies, even the defensive-minded ones, that it's still an adjust a major adjustment to get used to the NBA game on that on that side of the floor. So I, I really hope, you know, with the you know, they took him. I was I'm with I was with you. I like Desmond Bain a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So when they went with Josh Green, you know, because I I like Desmond Bain a lot, not just for what kind of player he is, but also because I felt he was like outside of the the lottery, he was the most ready uh, yeah. guy in the draft. So uh, I felt like if hey, if they draft him, you don't have to worry about the match history with rookies because he's an older rookie who kind of. So I, I expected his development to be a little farther along, even if his ceiling wasn't as high. So. You know, they didn't take him. They took Josh Green, who they they love with his athleticism and his potential and, and and his youth. So I just hope he gets time, and I think he will. I think he will by default because, you know, all these games and sh- every other day, like even if they don't have any uh, positive COVID tests, I think they're going to have to play more guys because the minutes are really going to stack up and the schedule is so condensed. So, yeah, Josh Green's the guy I'm, I'm looking out for. I, I hope he gets a lot of time because – <clears throat> excuse me sorry about that hope he gets a lot of time because he you know he just looks promising to me yeah i i agree I, I think one thing about him that stands out is he's physically ready that's for sure i mean he is he has great size for a wing and i mean even from college he shot the corner three really well it was in the high 30s so if none else offensively he can give you spot up corner three-point shooting which in in Carlisle's offense, where it's all about spacing and having shooters ready to um, ready to fire at any given moment when Luca's driving to the basket, if he can find somewhat of a consistent way to, to knock down shots there, I think that can start to help him um, chip away at, at, at some minutes that'll be valuable down the line. But yes, like you said, with no preseason, I mean, with no summer league, and some of the knock on summer league is the fact that, you know, Everyone says, you know, it's good for the the players to get some exposure and for them for the coaching staff to evaluate. But this isn't re- necessarily NBA level basketball. But now everyone wishes that we had it because everyone wants to be able to see what some of these guys can do, and that would have been great because some of these guys just need reps. And you know, you can have as much practice you want. Preseason is going to be expedited because the season is right around the corner, so it's not like we're going to have a a ton of games to to evaluate guys in general. So yeah, it, it 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 does speed up things a bit, but hopefully it doesn't play too much into a factor because a lot of these guys will be playing complementary roles which they can find their way um at some point once they get up to speed of the game and how physical it is and um and just what their role is. So that's what I'm hoping. Um a guy that I that I I would like to see I want to see if I want to see if Tyler Bay gets any minutes. I think that he can be kind of a I don't know if I have a direct player comparison for him, but I just I like the intangibles. I like his I like his skill set what he brings defensively and he's just a hustle guy. So I'm hoping that throughout this preseason they can find minutes. I mean, I'm sure they'll find minutes for him because they're going to play these guys um anyway because they're not going to run their starters or their or their um, rotation guys into the ground necessarily. So I- I'm interested to see what he can do because he was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, and he can guard multiple positions, but he also just has a high motor. And I just think guys like that pop off the screen. So I'm hoping to see him play um, here coming up in the preseason. Um, 
But in terms of in terms of the first game, uh, what do you hope to expect? What do you expect to see? Um, as it seems like most of these guys will all play. It doesn't I haven't heard anything about Luca sitting or any of the other starters. Is, is there anything in particular you hope to see or you expect to see in this first preseason game? Yeah, um, I'm as long as you know no one rests uh, that game. I'm looking forward to seeing just kind of what what type of starting lineup the Mavericks roll out. Uh, you know, Josh Richardson is expected to be a starter, and then when you've got Richardson, that means you've got Luca, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Dorian Finney-Smith all expected to be starters. So that doesn't leave room to play two bigs, which is what the Mavericks did a lot last season. So. I'm very curious to see if the Mavericks roll out, you know, those four guys and then a big, whether it's Dwight Powell or Collie Stein or Max Kleba, because that I think that would kind of set the tone for what type of team they want to be this season. Because before Dwight got hurt, a lot of their lineups featured multiple bigs, you know, the combination of Kristaps, Dwight and Maxi. Two of those guys were typically all always on the floor uh, before Dwight got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, except, you know, rare situations. And then after that, you know, Kristaps started as the lone big, but even then they would go to Kristaps maxi lineups uh, a fair amount as well. So I'm just curious because they got, you know, Luca, Josh Richardson, THJ, Dorian Finney-Smith. I can't imagine any one, you know, I can, obviously Luca's not going to bench, but I can't imagine of Richardson, Finney-Smith, THJ. I can't imagine any of those guys going to the bench. Uh, and one of them would if you need to play, if Rick wants to play, you know, another big at the four. So uh, I'm just going to be curious. I, I think, I think they are going to go with the one big uh, lineup, and, but uh, it'll be nice to kind of see confirmation of that. And I'm just curious, you know, to get some semblance of maybe what the rotation is going to look like. Yep. That's about, that's about where I am with it. I, I definitely want to see, I just want to see the personnel groupings in general, just who he pairs people with. How does, how does each other how does each of these guys play off of each other? All of it won't get solved in one preseason game, obviously, and nothing is in stone after the first preseason game. But that's my biggest thing is just to see the personnel groupings, see who he wants to see playing with each other. Maybe it's a preview of what we might see moving forward, especially if it looks if you know if it shows well in the game. Uh, maybe some of these lineups that you know maybe are unexpected, but like you said, normally playing two bigs, maybe that doesn't happen this um this game and then obviously with Porzingis out we won't be able to see them at full capacity and what they plan to do but ultimately um you just want to see them see these guys get on the floor and see what they look like um with the with the new players in in there and I know the style won't change much so it'll just it'll just be interesting to see how these guys uh, mesh together and especially on the defensive end I mean what a first game to to test out your defense if you expect it to improve is to get the Bucks, who um who's also was a top five defense I mean top five offense last year so if you're trying to improve defensively well here's your test it's, it might not be a regular season game but it, it's a good you know it's a it's a good little barometer to um help yourselves as you're moving forward into the preseason for sure um so for me, I think that I think this team can be a four or five seed, especially for me. I think like we talked about and mentioned earlier, the closing of games and with Luca being, you know, the, the head of the snake, so to speak, if he can get he gets to the free throw line almost at will, but he has to be better from the free throw line. That's a given. We also know that they have to be better at closing out games on the defensive end. That's a given. 
I think both of those things solve themselves, so to speak, this season to some degree, which will help them pick up additional wins that maybe slipped past them last year. I think this is this team is a four seed, maybe a five seed. Where do you think Luca can take this team this year? Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. Uh, I think a four seed would be really optimal. And man, it's crazy because I don't want to get like too ahead of myself, but watching the Mavericks against the Clippers in in the playoffs in the bubble. You know, before that series started, I was uh, not too optimistic about their chances because the Clippers just felt like the perfect team uh, to guard and, and kind of beat this Mavericks team, you know, with Kawhi and Paul George and all the wings they got. Um, they just, it felt like they were almost like a, a super soldier, genetically engineered lab in a lab to stop Luca. Like they're just Absolutely. the perfect team for that. Um, so the fact that Luca just kind of, uh, exploded anyway and just went off and had a huge series uh basically you know hit the game winner in game four helped them win another game by double digits uh in game two i think and the fact that they did that with no Powell, no brunson um they missed christops uh for for most of the series like if this team is healthy like because they I, i was watching i was like man they're pushing this team pretty hard and they're you know they're missing so many key guys so, like, if this team is healthy, maybe they're better than I think they are in a way. So, honestly, like, four seed, maybe if I'm being, like, rational, it's, like, uh, my my most, like optimistic prediction. But I honestly think with Luka, when you have a guy that is an MVP-level talent, an MVP candidate, and he's at the age that he's at, uh, I really feel like the sky's the limit. If things work out the right way, if Kristaps can stay healthy and play the whole season, I feel like he, that's kind of the key. If he can get back on the floor in January when the Mavericks say he will, and he doesn't have any setbacks, and he's able to play in the playoffs, and and everything looks good with him, um, I I'm just really I'm I just have a lot of hope. Uh, an optimism about how far this team could go. Maybe they could be higher than a four seed. Maybe they're a four seed, but maybe they can do more damage in the playoffs. Uh, I'm just, I just has, I hope health permitting this team can reach the the potential that it showed uh, in the bubble last year uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree. And one thing about that last, last year's series, I went into the, I went into that Clipper series thinking exactly like you. I just thought they had too much horsepower defensively to, to handle Luca. I thought what they would also do, I thought they would blitz all of the on-ball screens and make Luca give the ball up, ultimately making someone else be a playmaker and kind of throwing the offense in a, in, in a frenzy. But they didn't do that. They allowed Luca to play one-on-one basketball the entire series. And I and even after even after all the punishment he gave out in games one and two, they still I think at that point it was like a pride thing. It was like, no, we're not gonna let this guy do it to us. But he's an elite level talent. I think they found out the hard way that you can't do that. And then they started trying to blitz the screen situationally. But overall they just played him kind of straight up and it was it was not working. It was very clear that they were gonna have a lot of problems with him. And then once once his confidence set in, once the team belief set in, there's, you know, you can make a legit argument if Porzingis doesn't get kicked out of a game and they get a stop or two in another game. I mean, but at the end, they just ran out of gas. They didn't have enough bodies, but they were they were definitely in the running to win that series. If, in fact, they just had at least one more guy there 
especially Porzingis, who ended up leaving and, you know, turned the series into somewhat of a predictable ending because it was like if they beat them without without Porzingis on the floor, I just don't even know what to make of the Clippers. So, so yeah, I think health is going to be a big deal this season. I think that's going to be a big deal for all teams, especially with COVID running as rampant as it is and guys being in and out of the lineup. I think the fact that they're so deep will be extremely beneficial if, in fact, you know, any of this takes place like the NFL kind of has where you just don't know from day to day. And these games are much more frequent than an NFL game. So, um, so yeah, I think a four seed, if everything breaks right, if, you know, they get Porzingis back, he plays most of the season, you know, Lucas stays as durable as he is, the roster stays intact. I think for sure um, this team can be a four seed. But speaking of injuries and speaking of guys missing games, Porzingis, do you see him as a long-term fixture on this roster? Do you think that they're kind of looking at maybe, you know, seeing what they could, who else they could pair Luca with, which I'll get into in a sec as well. But do you see Porzingis as a long-term fixture on this roster? Uh, I do. I think with Porzingis, I don't, you know, I know there's talk about could they get, could they move off of Porzingis to bring in another second star that maybe is someone you could rely on to be on the court more. And I understand that argument and I won't really fight against it, but just thinking about what the Mavs want to do, it really feels like they just, they want, they want as many stars as they could get. Like uh, <laughs> since 2011, they've been star chasing for so long and they always do whatever they can to open up cap space or maneuver, whatever they can do to try to bring in as many stars as they could. They wanted, you know, another star with Dirk and they probably wanted to bring in two. Uh, I mean, I remember the rumors back in the, you know, years ago after the title win, it was going to be CP3 and Dwight Dwight Howard coming to Dallas, pair with Dirk, and they'd have three stars. So I honestly think that they're the way the front office operates. I don't think they're ever satisfied in terms of talent acquisition. I think they're always looking to acquire more talent and make the roster better. And I don't think that necessarily means moving Przingis to get. You know, I don't think they they might see that as like a lateral move. I think they want another star to go next to Luca and Przingis. I think they want three stars. You know, they've clearing the cap space for next season. Obviously they're going to be interested in Giannis if Giannis doesn't sign his extension uh, in a couple, uh, a couple weeks or so, or a week or so. Uh, and if not, they're, they're probably going to try to use that cap space to sign a guy or trade for another star. So uh, it wouldn't shock me if the Mavericks moved off of Przingis, uh, if they just don't feel the health is going to break his way. But I think their ultimate goal is to to form a new big three. Like, I think that's what they kind of want to do. And I don't really blame them because Przingis is so – he can fit because uh, of his ability to shoot. He really can fit next to whatever other star the Mavericks want to bring in. So uh, that's kind of what I – that's what I think. But, hey, I, who knows? Yeah, I, I think at the at the very least, if they do hold on to him, maybe at some point he becomes a bargain guy for them and he's his contract isn't, you know, weighing the weighing the uh pockets down in the in the uh front office. But we know Mark Cuban isn't a guy who's shy to, to spend money, so we'll see how that goes. I, I think it's interesting to see. I think him staying healthy this season will play a lot into their their views on what they think of him you know, as a as a long-term guy alongside 
Luca because he'll definitely need someone that he can count on. And I know they feel like they're really close to having a um, a championship window. And if and if they can find somebody, if they can flip him for you know someone else, I, I mean we don't. I mean the 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 off season changes and is dramatic from year to year. So who who knows who they might be after aside from the obvious suspects, which we'll get into in a sec. Um, but yeah, I think this year will tell a lot about how they feel about Porzingis and um, his health will definitely um, play a huge point in that. Before I get to my last. Before I get to my last thing, I want to ask you about we have 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of our control. But there's one thing that's not out of our control, and that's Manscaping. Our sponsor at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you the confidence boost through body image. And we all know confidence boost at this point in time is much needed. It also has a ceramic blade and skin safe technology designed to re- to re- reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down below. We also have an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever works for you, whatever floats your boat, we have Manscaped. Please, please, at this point. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Code here at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code XXX. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. So um, speaking of Giannis and him potentially, you know, being available at some point, you wrote an interesting article not long ago talking about the Mavericks pursuit of, of Giannis and how it's going to turn you into the Joker. <laughs> I thought this was a great article, by the way. But the one one thing that was very profound in this article that you that you spoke on is there's this there's this illusion that somehow you have to have a clean slate upon your salary cap in order to pursue a guy. When in and in fact, it's the actual it's actually the opposite. You get the commitment and then you start moving around the other pieces. I thought that was very, very profound because it's like every team that's trying to go after guys like what can we do to, quote unquote, clear our books? No, you start making those changes once you know you have the guy, then you do whatever's necessary, because at that point, it's much more clear what you need to do as opposed to trying to anticipate and maybe making the wrong move, screwing yourself over, letting go of guys that maybe you could have held on to when you actually lose the sweepstakes of whoever said guy is. I thought this was a very good article um, on your part, and it, and it definitely broke down some things that um, I thought was was important. But with the fact you you spoke about all the Phil's signings they had going after guys, most notably Darren Williams and Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. I think those three people can uh, remember uh, quite easily. So for me, um, what are your beyond the article, which everyone should go read at SB Nation, Mavs Moneyball. But um, thoughts on pursuing Giannis? Do you think it's realistic? I know it's 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 said that the Mavericks have a shot. Give me your overview on what you think this will look like. Oh man. Well, this is my like this is my like pet peeve. Uh it's really funny because I think if you you know people follow me on Twitter or they follow me online, uh if people only follow my tweets or something, I, I get the I've got the reputation as being kind of like the 
Mavs doomer or being a little bit of a pessimist uh, in the Mavs community. And re- yeah. <laughs> and really, you know, I try to tell people like, man, just if you read my actual articles, I'm usually pretty optimistic about the team year in and year out. Like I'm always very optimistic about the actual basketball. Cause you know, I have faith in Rick Carlisle as a coach. I think Donnie Nelson is a really underappreciated talent evaluator when he's allowed to, you know, make draft picks and, and actually go get, you know, when they actually go get guys, they seem to, they seem to always do well there. And they always seem to put together a, you know, they seem to always get the most out of their roster. So I'm always optimistic about the basketball side of it. Usually Uh, it's just this part. And, and this, this star chasing that just really bugs me. And, the way the NBA is going now, like the star chasing and the offseason moves and following that, that's almost become more popular than, than watching the games. So I understand that the fact that I'm kind of negative about that aspect of the roster building, that's how it kind of paints the picture of, of me being kind of a grump about the Mavs. But, but really, it just comes down to, like you said, uh, the idea of keeping cap space open uh, when almost every single one of these stars that changes teams, uh, you know, the Miami Heat, when they got Jimmy Butler, they did not have cap space for Jimmy Butler. They had to make a trade. They actually were going to make it with the Mavericks, and that trade fell through, and they still went on to another trade and made that trade to clear space. Uh, when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, um, Golden State had to get rid of Andrew Bogut, and funny enough, the they traded him to the Mavericks. Uh, that opened up the room for Durant to go to the Golden State Warriors. So, obviously, you know you can't. You know, maybe you can't just go whole hog and, and be like spending the luxury tax and that stuff. It might make it a little harder. But the idea that you just have to have max cap room open at all times, or just anticipating that, to me, just really hinders the roster building in the present. Um, I was very critical of their 2019 offseason because I felt like. There was a lot of opportunities for them to spend some some more money, and they kind of punted on it a little bit uh, and brought in some kind of smaller guys after they struck out on Kemba Walker and Danny Green. So I, I think the thing that makes me mad about it is that the Mavericks are really good at, at, at finding guys, like going bargain shopping and bargain hunting. And I wish they just didn't have to resort to that. I wish they could just have an offseason where they're like, here are the guys that we want that we think are realistic. You know, they're not necessarily MVP candidates, but they're still solid role players. Let's go. Let's go get offer the money. Let's get them to Dallas. And that's what I wish they would kind of do a little bit more. They always find a great way to scramble when they strike out. And they always find a way to find some guys because, like I said, they're really great at uh, bargain hunting and shopping kind of the bottom of the barrel and getting the most out of those guys. I just wish they didn't have to always fall back on it. Cause I feel like uh, this team with Luca and Kristaps is already, that's such a huge foundation. You know, obviously if they could get a Giannis, you're not going to say no to Giannis, but they don't necessarily need a Giannis. Um, so I just don't like putting all the eggs in that basket. Um, who knows? Let's see what they do uh, in 2021. Whenever the off season actually starts, uh, the honest stuff I think will get answered pretty soon. Cause if he does, if he signs his extension, uh, I think he has till December 20th to sign it. Mm-hmm. If he signs it, that kind of, I mean, there, there you go. That kind of takes, takes the fun out of it, mm-hmm. uh, for next year. So we'll, we'll get an answer pretty soon, but man, if he does not sign that extension, it is going to be a wild, uh, season uh, in terms of speculation and rumors and gossip. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I hope it goes well for the Mavericks. I hope, I think the thing I'll just say this is I hope that the next off season ends and no matter what they do, 
I just hope that they spend their money. They don't, uh, they don't try to roll over their cap space to another season or something like that. I hope, you know, they just fill up their cap space, be a capped out team, and they've got their direction to go in with Luca Kristaps and whatever role players they acquire next year. And we can just go. We don't have to. i just tired of the hunt and the speculation. It feels like we've been doing this game since 2011, and it's just a little tiring. So I'm just kind of ready for it to be over with. And whoever they get, as long as they get someone, you know, I'll be cool with it. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I think the one thing about them, if, if in fact they were to get um, Greek Freak, I think that if if anyone you know if you have to clean house so to speak the mavericks are really good with roster construction um you know obviously every team has a, has a few air balls here and there but just traditionally the mavericks always seem to have guys that fit what they want to do last year was amazing in terms of just guys maxing i've never seen a roster max out their complimentary pieces like the Mavericks did last year. I mean, there were so many guys having career years, guys playing so well, so cohesive. It was just amazing to see. And Rick Carlisle is already a top five coach to me in the NBA. And he just he knows how to put guys in position to succeed. So if that if they look up and all they all it seems like they have on the roster is um, Porzingis and Luca, or in this case, um, Giannis and Luca. I'm, I feel confident that they'll find some find some cheap bargain guys to put around them, and that's that's a great combo to have. Um, and if they could still have Porzingis on the roster, because I mean, if he has one more injury, he's going to be on the dollar menu in terms of money. <laughs> um, even though he's still owed money right now, um, that's one thing. But his next contract, you know, will be a little on the downside in terms of, and they definitely won't him, won't have to worry about him being a max guy. But like you said. If if uh, Giannis signs on on the twentieth, you know this is all just water under the bridge. It won't even matter as much. But if he doesn't, um, his post game interviews will be tiring by about January the thirtieth because that's all people are going to ask about. But um, but anyway, it was really good having you on. I I so much enjoyed this um, talking to you about the Mavericks. Um, you know everything that you spoke on was was a plus. I totally agree. Um, I'm hoping that you know this season is great. I hope that they can get up to a four seed. We'll see what happens, but you know as long as they stay healthy, I think we both agree that this team is going to be extremely competitive, and they're going to be scary come playoff time. Um, again, let everyone know where they can find you um, and where you're at on your socials. Yeah, uh, you can find my content over at MavsMoneyBall.com. You can also subscribe to the Mavs Moneyball podcast feed. So just go in your favorite podcasting app, uh, whether it's Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or I think Spotify. All the I think we're on all the big ones. And just search Mavs Moneyball and you'll see our feed. Um, and we do a bunch of podcasts in there. I do podcasts with... Uh, site manager Kirk Henderson. Uh, Kirk does some podcasts on his own because he uh, has a lot of relationships with a lot of really great uh, basketball writers and he tries to bring them on and do good pods there. So pods there, writing at the site, madsmoneyball.com. And then I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Bowman55, B-O-W-E-M-A-N-55. Um, and yeah, I guess that's all I have to shill or plug. But uh, Lawrence, I really appreciate you bringing me on. This was great uh fantastic and uh i'm just really thankful uh for the invite it's been a pleasure 
Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, Mavs Nation, Hoopball Mavs family, make sure you go follow um, Josh, follow Mavs Moneyball. Again, you can find me at LB Said It. That's at LB S A I D I T. And we're at Hoopball Mavs. That's at Hoopball Mavs, H O O P B A L L M A V S. We'll always be sending out um, updates, especially as the season gets going. We will definitely be um, doing more updates and potting and uh, making sure we stay up on everything, all Mavericks. And we definitely hope to have you back um, as this season gets underway because we're excited about what's going on. We'll definitely love to um, hear your thoughts on what we have. Awesome. I would be more than happy to come back and talk with you again. This is great. Thank you again so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, everyone. Uh, have a great night. Go Mavs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.